Hi, and welcome to 20-Minute Christian Counselor. My name is Rob Oram. I served as a pastor for almost 25 years, and now I have my own counseling practice. If you'd like to learn more about me, or schedule a counseling appointment, or book a speaking engagement, visit my website at roboram.com. That's R-O-B-B, two B's, O-R-A-M.com. In this podcast, I provide biblical counsel for the practical matters of life. So if you're facing some challenges right now, either personally or in a relationship, and you're looking for some helpful wisdom, keep listening for the next 20 minutes or so. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to episode one of season two. And I want to start off and apologize for my delay in releasing this episode. I've actually been pretty sick for a couple of weeks, but thankfully I'm feeling a lot better now because I'll tell you what, I hate being sick, but I want to say that I think maybe God has used this illness to prepare me for the subject of today's episode, which is suffering. Suffering. Life is so full of suffering, and I know there's a lot worse suffering than sickness. I mean, there's death, loss, pain, grief, disappointment, betrayal, shame, persecution, abuse, evil. There's so much suffering in this world. And I'm guessing if you're listening to this episode today, chances are you're suffering. Or maybe you know someone who's really suffering. So what I'm going to do today is I want to share with you six realities about suffering, which I believe if you accept them, if you understand them, if you believe them, if you implement them, they will help you cope with the suffering you're experiencing. So I'm going to jump right into it. Reality number one about suffering. Suffering is inevitable and everyone experiences it. I used to think if I was a good Christian, I wouldn't have to experience bad things. (laughs) And obviously, over the years, I've learned that is not true. And that's not what Jesus said. He said in John chapter 16, verse 33, in this world, you will have trouble. The, The apostle Peter said the same thing in 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12 to 13. Peter writes, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. Peter says, hey, don't be surprised at the tribulation, at the suffering that you experience. The reality is that we live in a broken sinful world filled with broken, sinful people. And you know the the saying, you've maybe heard this before, hurt people hurt people. 
We hurt each other. No one escapes this life unscathed. It's a sad, harsh, but true reality. And I know some of you might be thinking, hey, but Rob, it seems like some people suffer so much more than others. And I totally agree. And it doesn't seem fair to me. I don't get it. But I do know that God is perfectly fair and just, and that his ways are much higher than mine. And so at the end of the day, each of us is called to endure our own suffering, and we can't and we shouldn't compare our suffering with the suffering of others. So, don't be surprised by suffering. Instead, be prepared for it. Stop expecting not to suffer and understand and expect that you will suffer. That's a, a tough lesson I've had to learn in my own life. Reality number two, God can use our suffering for good if we let him. This is the famous verse. We've probably heard it. Paul wrote it in Romans 8, 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. You know, there's a part of me that loves that verse and a part of me that hates that verse because it sounds great until you hear it in the middle of the suffering and pain you're experiencing. But it's true. It's true. How? How can God use suffering in my life for good? Well, let me throw some specific answers to that question at you. Number one, in our suffering, God can reveal more of himself to us. If we will seek him in the midst of our suffering, he wants to and he will reveal more of himself to us, who he is, what he means to us, how he's here for us. And that's a good thing. Another way God can use my suffering for good is that he can strengthen my faith in him through my pain. As we continue to believe in him, despite what we're going through, when he brings us through it, and he will, our faith and our trust in him will grow. As we experience his comfort, his faithfulness, his mercy. So God can use our suffering to grow and strengthen our faith in him. A third way God can do this, he uses our suffering to make us more like Jesus or to build our character. Listen to what Paul wrote in Romans 5 verses 3 to 4. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance, character, and character, hope. So Paul is writing that if we persevere through our suffering, God will use it to make us more like his son. 
And the reality is that's a huge part of, of our life and what we're here for, what the Christian life is all about, our sanctification, our becoming more like Jesus. And that's a good thing. A fourth way God also uses our suffering for good is he uses it to equip us to comfort others in their suffering. One of the tangible, practical ways that God comforts us in our suffering is through people around us. And once you've gone through something yourself, you're in a really great position to be able to comfort someone else who's going through what you went through. Because you understand. You get it. So as you are suffering, if you keep in mind that your suffering isn't just about you, but it's also about others whom you will be able to comfort later, you'll be better able to endure what you're going through right now. And that's a good thing. Another way God uses our suffering for good is it reminds us this life is not all there is. You know, I mentioned I hated being sick recently. But now that I'm feeling better, God has actually helped me to see how he's used that, that downtime, because I feel like I lost like two weeks of my life, how he's used that time to remind me and to help me better understand that this life is not all there is. My life is not just about my health and work and money and accomplishment and pleasure and experiences. All that stuff is going to end. This life is ultimately about him, and about his kingdom coming, and about doing his will for his glory, not mine. And so I can actually say, in all honesty, I'm thankful for the time that I was sick recently because it helped me kind of reset my heart and my mind on him and on his kingdom and on why I'm really here. So suffering can help us reset our lives. And you know what? If we never suffered, we'd probably never do that. The last reason I'm going to mention, I'm sure there are more, how God can use our suffering for good is that he uses our suffering to reveal himself to those around us. See, as we suffer, if we cling to Jesus, if we hold on to our faith in him despite what we're going through, we will be a powerful witness to him and others will see him working in us and through us. So God can use our suffering to draw people to himself. People are going to ask, how are you coping with this? How are you not completely falling apart? What's keeping you going? And you can humbly explain to them that it's not you. It's not your strength. It's Jesus who is working in you and walking with you through your suffering. He's giving you what you need to endure and to persevere.
Reality number three about suffering. Jesus suffered more than any of us ever will. <coughs> Sorry, that's leftover sickness. Peter writes in 1 Peter 2.21, For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow in his steps. None of us can truly appreciate the suffering Jesus went through, but I can say that none of us will ever suffer as much as he did. And not just physically. Did he suffer physically? Yes. He was slapped and spit on and whipped and beaten and ultimately crucified, which is a horrific way to be killed. But more than physically, Jesus suffered emotionally. Remember, he was fully human. He had been with his father from eternity. He'd never been separated from him. And he had to come down as a human being. And when he paid for our sin on that cross, in that moment in time, he was separated from his father. We can't understand how painful that was. And then if you think about it, Jesus was hated and rejected and abused and denied and killed by those very people that he created and he loved. That's why he's our sympathetic savior, because he understands suffering. And he has mercy and grace because he's been there. Peter wrote again in 1 Peter 4.1, Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking. Jesus suffered more than you or I ever will. And it's helpful to remember that. Okay, reality number four. This may be a bitter pill, but you need to hear this. Sometimes we suffer. Let me put it this way. Sometimes you suffer because you are causing it. Sometimes you are the reason for some or all of your suffering. Sometimes we're suffering the consequences of sinful choices that we've made. Sometimes some of the choices we made will cause long-term consequences, long-term suffering, sometimes maybe even for the rest of our lives. Even though God forgives us, even though God cleanses us, oftentimes we still have to endure consequences of choices that we've made. And sometimes we're suffering because of choices we're making right now. I see this in my counseling practice. When I talk to people. So I want to ask you, are there things in your life that God wants you to stop doing? Sometimes we suffer because we won't do what we know we should do or what God wants us to do. For example, get out of an abusive relationship or get help for an addiction or get counseling for trauma we've experienced in the past? So is there something in your life you know you should do? Something you know God wants you to do, but you won't do it? 
you need to ask him to help you do it. Because your disobedience in this issue may be the cause of some of the suffering that you're experiencing right now. Reality number five about suffering. It doesn't last forever. It won't last forever. Peter wrote a lot about it. Here we are, 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 10. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. And then the last book of the Bible, Revelation chapter 21, verse 4. We, a lot of us know this verse. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. So you need to maintain an eternal perspective about your suffering. Paul wrote about this in Romans 8.18. Paul suffered so much. We don't have time to go into it, but he suffered unbelievably as well. Listen to what he wrote. Paul wrote, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. And again, in 2 Corinthians 4.17, Paul writes, For this light, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. So no matter how you're suffering right now, even if it's something that may last for the rest of your life, if you've put your faith in Jesus, eventually your suffering will come to an end. One day Jesus will return and he's going to make everything as it is supposed to be once again. That's reality. And the last reality about suffering that I want to share with you today, you don't have to endure it alone. Our pastor, Tim Chaddock, just said a great quote in his message yesterday. He said, the presence of trouble does not mean the absence of God. The presence of trouble does not mean the absence of God. He's there in order to allow God to use your suffering for good, however, You've got to move towards him in your pain and not away from him. Paul, again, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 to 4, he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction. The wisest thing we can do in our suffering is to turn to Jesus. He's here to help us, to be with us, to comfort us, to encourage us, to guide us, to strengthen us, to heal us, and to give us perspective and wisdom and hope. And he invites us to come to him when we're weary and we're heavy laden. And he promises to give us rest his rest. So, don't just let suffering happen to you. Be intentional about it. How do you do that? 
Well, first, remember, God wants to use your suffering to accomplish his his good purposes in your life. So purposely seek God in the midst of it. Actively look for ways that he's using it or wants to use it for good in your life. Keep trusting and believing that he's in control. He has a plan. And through it all, keep your focus on Jesus. For he's the one who suffered for you. Thanks for listening today. If you found this to be helpful to you, I want to ask you to do three things that would really be helpful to me. First, click on the subscribe or follow button so you can find out right away when I publish new episodes. Second, take a moment and write a review. This will help other people find this podcast. And third, share this podcast on your social media so your friends can be helped as well. Finally, If you'd like to contact me to learn more about my counseling practice, uh, schedule an appointment, or arrange for me to come speak at an event, reach out to me at my website at roboram.com. That's R-O-B-B, two B's, O-R-A-M.com. Until next time, keep your eyes on Jesus.